What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 38 of Two Dudes of Sports News. As always, my name is Garrett. I'm here with my co-host. What it do, what it do. This is Jalen Prince. Hey, so we want to give another shout out to Brent and Dave for having us on their show and then coming on our show last week as well. That was a blast, man. I, I think we got a good 10 viral, 10 minute viral clip at the end of that thing forever with the whole hot dog sandwich thing. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was fun that was fun it is i we'll get into that another time that might be the question for every single guest coming on the show is gay or nay so but yeah let's get right into it man we got a little bit of football news coming on um i think uh brent and dave said it best with the uh the nfl meat market was on display last week uh with the nfl draft and there's been a lot of draft wonder kids rising up the board one of my one of them being one of my guys, Anthony Richardson, and one and, of them being my guy, Bryce Young. Yep, which that we can get into that a little bit. For me, like, don't get me wrong, Richardson is a physical freak. That was He's never up for debate. But he is as raw as an uncooked steak, man. He is a project. And to see, I I saw something today um, on a Bleach Report mock draft, which have mm, okay so they had the colts trading up for the first overall pick with the bears to give or and then drafting richardson over bryce young and see have you lost your mind and that will be one of the main issues with the colts is because they reach so much when it comes to quarterbacks the last quarterback they got right was andrew luck then they didn't protect him next thing you know he retired early exactly ever since. exactly and there's a lot of people making you know these wild claims about your boy Bryce Young, which is, oh, he, he's too short. He's not heavy enough. But, like, bro, height don't matter. Long no. As you throw that thing and win. You can't tell me the, the guys on the Alabama offensive line aren't the height of NFL offensive linemen. Latham, six, um, Latham, six, six, uh, scratch that, six, seven. Uh, Tyler Steen, six, five. Seth McLaughlin, six, three, on our run, like, six, three. Actually, six foot jokers, and then go against D linemen that were over six that were over six feet, and you was able to see over them. Most the, of the competition that he faced were gonna are gonna be in the NFL. Exactly. If not already, what dog? He went up against Jordan Davis in that defense, and he's Those already NFL players. Exactly. And dominated them. Exactly. Well, the first time, the second time, <laughs> we didn't have no weapons. We already knew the deal. <laughs> again, I'm trying to give Georgia fans the credit. I mean, the thing for me with it was like. When you sit there and look at it and you look at everything that he has done over his collegiate career, the this is the time of year where I put this out on Twitter. This is the time of year where everybody and their everybody's coming out of the woodwork talking about how great a GM they are. And, you know, if they were my team, if, if I was in charge, I'd do this. And this is what the team there's has to do. There's a reason why you're not in charge. Time. Exactly. There's a reason why there's 32. And we talked about it last week with Brent and Dave. There are – look at every single league. Look at the NFL. Look at the NBA. Look at all these guys. There is 32 to 30 positions pretty much across the board for every major sports league for that general manager role or that you know manager role. There's a reason why every year two-plus of them get fired because they also don't know what they're doing. <laughs> like this is as much of a science as it is a crapshoot. Because you can have somebody who has all the physical talents, tests so well at the combine, interviews great, and the second they get on the field, they can't do it. Case in point, you look at you know Ryan Leaf, you look at Todd Marinovich, you look at all these other – and those are just two. There's so many – Charles Rogers is another one, the old Lions receiver. You remember him? Yeah. Yeah, he just huge bust. Like it's – this is the time of year where everybody becomes an expert GM, and it – 
always makes me laugh. <laughs> just because it. Let, let's also try to like. Let's also try to dissect. People reach and look way too hard at combines and pro days. Exactly. Understand, especially at the quarterback position. Yep. Any other position at a combine, okay, you can evaluate them hard. You the main the main purpose of a combine and a pro day when they're doing the whole forties and the drills and stuff. Like from what you see on tape, does the combine and pro day like intertwine? Does the there is there a connection? And for those that don't receive a whole lot of national attention, all right, can you get my attention off the combine, look the part, and make and like impress me enough to go back and look at your tape? Because at the end of the day, everything goes back to tape. Because the tape does not lie. Tape tells more story than anything. Because right. I got to see your effort and how you react when you go against live competition. And especially on the opponents that you play. Because think about this. The SEC is basically like the G League of the NFL. There's NFL that. talent in the SEC. And if you have been able to dominate that, you can play in the NFL. Yeah, I'll give you that. And we can even pull it. Doesn't matter the position. Yeah. The thing that I always try to look at when I look at, and again, now we're, we're doing exactly what I just called people out for. The thing that I always try to look at whenever people hype some stuff up, or like, oh, this is the next big guy. This is the next big player. You're right. I look at the tape. I look at the game tape. I look at his hardest games. I look at, you know, how you did when you played Bama. How'd you do when you played Georgia? How'd you do when you played Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State? All these, How'd you know. How'd you do in those big games where the, exactly. sta- where the stage light is on you? How did you do? And did you do well? If you disappeared, Will Levis, I, I'm not sold on you. If you disappeared, Anthony Richardson, or you were not even disappeared so much as like you want to talk about a hot or cold quarterback, like Anthony Richardson was either he was either on and dominating and the defense let him down, or he couldn't read a defense. And I don't know if that was play calling or what. I just, it, again, it, there's a lot of hype being put into players who, look great on paper how many times do we see the best team on paper the best defense on paper the best offense on paper the best receivers on paper then they and get it on doesn't the field pan out and it doesn't exactly. pan out yeah because another thing you could also look at is you could make the same case for guys that get over like 200 over 150 over 200 million dollars like contracts and Tyler. they don't even play and they don't even play like it. they don't even play like it no kyler uh another good example so we don't pick on the quarterbacks um, Hainsworth. You remember Albert Hainsworth becoming the first $100 million man of the NFL? Uh, I don't remember him exactly. but I Old defensive him. lineman. He was for um, uh, the Commanders for a while. I think he was in Tampa for a little bit. Uh, he was a defensive lineman who was an absolute freak in college, and then he got paid a ton of money and then just stopped caring, which, I mean, again, you you and I will never fault anybody for going to chase their bag. That's fine, but – you gotta care. <laughs> you gotta care a little bit. Let's stay on. Let's stay on as far as with the draft. First of all, mm-hmm. Bryce Young. He still like they measured him at 204. Okay, a lot of people feared like he was gonna be around like the one nineties. Then that would have been real too small. Understand this: you play for Alabama. You practice against those jokers, and most likely they, you practice around NFL talent. Number mm-hmm. one. Number two. You came out of California. The way you present yourself is as a professional, as a quarterback, mostly what rich people want you to do, be able to represent yourself in a professional manner. Bryce mm-hmm. Young does that, uh, does that uh, as good as anybody. 
if not be- if not better than anybody. He has a good supporting cast. He got a good family. He has a storyline to go into. Think about this if you're Houston, because I believe that's where he's going to go. I don't oh, believe absolutely. I believe Chicago is going to trade down. Oh, or if anybody were if anybody were going to trade up is Bryce Young. Take him off the table. He goes or to Stroud. Houston. Or Stroud. No, I, I, no, I'm not taking. I'm not taking Stroud over, uh, over Bryce. We're going to agree to disagree on that, but that's a conversation for another day. Another day. Uh, another day. Good <laughs> debate, but another day. Exactly. Uh, well, Bryce Young. He got the arm talent. Is, is it the biggest? He ain't got to. He get a, he get the job done. He get he can handle the moment. No moment is too big for him because he's gonna stay calm and poised every time. He knows how to get beat up. Yeah. Think about this. He's been beaten up before. Go look at his first year. He was starting. He was running for his life. He got sacked. He got sacked the most. He didn't have a great offensive line. He got beat up in a few games. He still found a way to win. He still found a way to win. The Auburn game told the whole story. Because here's the thing: the Auburn, the Iron Bowl is the most unpredictable beast in college in college football. Yep. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if a blowout is going to happen, or you don't know whether it's going to be like a, a real close game. You don't even know who's going to win. Even if you think you're going to, even if you think you know who's going to win, you don't know how. So he went into that situation in Auburn, which is basically a trap shoot. Jordan Hare is a trap shoot. Went into that situation. Did not play great because he got he got hit he got hit over ten times and sacked over five, mm-hmm. and still found a way uh, still found a way to be able to drive and drive ninety eight yards for a game time touchdown and then you go toe and you answer every single call that you had to answer in overtime, especially with the new overtime rules where you had to go for two point conversion you don't get it the other team got a chance to win the game he answered every single one yeah no I'll give you that I mean and he- then right after that. You went up against Georgia. You went up against the uh, like uh, like you went up against Georgia, who had the best defense in the league at that time. You dominated them in Atlanta. I would say the only thing that hamstrung Alabama this year was Bill O'Brien as the offensive coordinator, which we have beat Great. that to death. <laughs> now he's gone. He's in New we, England. He's exactly. Will I never want to put I never want to put that on any other Bama on Bama quarterback. But I'm sorry, Mac Jones need need an OC. He needed an OC. But we ain't gonna we ain't gonna talk about the Patriots. Look, the point I'm trying to make to you is this: Bryce Young, he's the number one quarterback in this in this draft, based off of talent, based off ability, and based off of what you've seen off his tape in big moments in big games. CJ Stroud, he can handle his own. He's big, like yes, he's yes, he's taller and he's bigger than Bryce Young. But the the mental aspect, dog, you lost it. You lost to Michigan twice. That still don't sit right with Ohio State fans. That still don't sit right in those games where you got to win. You gotta get it done. You gotta get it done. Yeah. No, I mean that's like, fair. You, you like that don't sit right with Ohio State fans. That's losing fair. to Michigan. Like that's just that that's just not them. So sorry. Bryce Young number one. Will hey. Evans not even close. Yeah, what? he's the prototypical guy, but dog, we talking moments. You're gonna have moments in the NFL. You got to be able to show up. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. And honestly, one thing, I mean, you mentioned quarterbacks. There's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks, and there's yep. been a lot of quarterback news coming out in this free agency. You've got – we'll start light and then get into the the real issue at hand. Uh, first of all, Derek Carr is now going to go play for the Saints, which, I mean – Good for them. Yeah, good for them. What made me laugh was Michael Thomas saying, oh, I finally got a quarterback. It's like, you haven't played in like three years. <laughs> Maybe now we this. know why. Think about this. He had, he had a toe issue 
yep. and, and, and didn't play. Brian Robinson got shot. He played two weeks after. Calvin Ridley was hurt, and we'll, we'll get into that later. But I mean, it's it. I'm not going to fault somebody for not playing through an injury. Uh, it's if you can't go and you feel that you would hurt your team by going out there, then you got to do what's best for you. You got to do what's best for your health in the long run. I respect. Didn't Mike Thomas hard to get paid? Ain't he still one of the highest paid receivers in the league? I think so. I'd have to go double check on that. But I, yeah, you got to play. Think, yeah. I, it, Yes and no. I mean, I, I I get it. I get you know the Bruh, whole like what did, like Mike Thomas relies on trying to gain separation and make tough catches. He's not a speedster. No, he's a route runner. Mm, yeah, if the routes are slants, majority of the time. Oh, the slants, you know, little hitches, yeah, hitches, quick routes, uh, little zip routes, and everything. Right now, the top paid player. He he's down the list now. He was for a while. Top paid player right now. So Michael Thomas makes uh, $19,250,000 a year. Tyreek Hill's making thirty. Well, oh, now he's earned it. Now he's that, earned it. Nobody's going to question that. He Devontae that. Adams earning 28. D Hop, 27. Cooper earned. Cup, 26. Yeah, there's more D Hop news and rumors that's circulating on that one. But we, oh, yeah. We're we, we, not going to get into that. Oh no! Somebody will trade a second. I'm not worried about that at all. AJ Brown making 25, Stephon Diggs 24, DK Metcalf 24, Debo Samuel basically 24, Scary Terry making 23, DJ Moore making 20, Keenan Allen actually just got restructured, and so did Mike Williams. Amari Cooper's making 20, Chris Godwin's making 20, Brandon Cooks is making almost how? Eh, That that man is stuck in Houston. That that's a we we can get into that quite a bit, but we'll move on. So the one now is they're saying, because the two main quarterbacks that were on the free agency were going to be Derek Carr, who's now spoken for, and Aaron Rodgers. And now the Aaron hey, Rodgers, the Jets rumors are heating up, which uh, yep. would be I the think that's a du- I think that might be a done deal because uh, Green Bay's tired of them. They're, like, they're exhausted. I talked to one of my professors who's a diehard Packers fan. He, he He's done with them as well. I think they're going to move. I think it's going to be a done deal. And, like, they're going to move on from A.A. From a. A. Ron. Um, with the Jets, bro, th- that would be an interesting matchup, especially with not be- not with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. It's Aaron Rodgers and the New York media. That's going to be an interesting relationship. And how they that are going to th- this is both a done deal and a dumb deal they because you know because like they're going to tear Colin, shreds. Colin Coward mentioned this <laughs> earlier. Like Aaron Rodgers got power over the media in Green Bay. He ain't going to have no lick of power in New York, no. not one bit. He will be torn to shreds, and this will be yeah, especially if he don't show up. But um, it'll be an interesting bout. Maybe one of these days we can actually talk about like Jets, uh, Jets football, on um, Jets football rather than just Aaron Rodgers in the media and how and like how it's gonna be. But we're not there yet until no, they, until the news becomes official. They definitely but need I a quarterback for sure. I'm, no, I'm with you 100. They definitely need a quarterback, but I. Pain and yeah, they, got, they, they need Aaron Rodgers. They need they, they need Aaron Rodgers. But paying an exorbitant amount of money, Derek Carr was the smarter move in the situation. You're paying a ton of money for a quarterback who's got maybe three years left in a max. They needed Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I like, disagree. Yeah, Derek, like Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers. Look, Derek. Look, Aaron Rodgers may be a big, big behind headache, but you're arguing with an MVP, a guy that's won a Super Bowl, and yes, he doesn't show up. Like yes, he hasn't showed up in the playoffs the last few years. But it, it, it's still Aaron Rodgers over Derek Carr. But it's all, and don't get me wrong. That's I, I understand that, but I don't. I, New York doesn't need a great quarterback. They need a good quarterback. So they have. That's the what weapons. Aaron Rodgers is right now. 
I I would take. It, he's not he, as great as he used to be. He ain't MVP level no I more. I agree. He's a guy that is still good and that can still produce. I agree. But still make and still make some of the throws. The you got to be able to do that. The issue is he's making great quarterback money and he's not a great quarterback anymore. That's what I have an issue with. So when you look at it, when when I look to you know if if I were the GM again, we're gonna go back to. The- <laughs> we need to make that a game. If I if I were the GM, if I were the GM, but like. like Oh, oh, like, like let's make yeah. We get, we got to make that into a thing. Like we're gonna oh, have we a segment. It's will. called like it's gonna be called if I were a GM. We'll do. And that. You have to do it all professional, um, professionally and bougie. You got to say oh, it we'll, like that. We'll do that next week. That'll be fun. But it's if I were the GM, I would have taken Derek Carr. I mean, it's you're paying Rogers is he's making fifty million a year almost. You're paying him an exorbitant amount of money to just be okay. But no, you, you got to. You also got to consider like who you are. You no, I get New that. Jets. I get that, but if you're trying to build for a long, if they're no, you're not. Window, their playoff window's not even open yet. But dog, so, with that defense, it's open. Now you build a dynasty. You don't build a two year program. You build. You don't. You don't want to be the next Rams. You want to be the next dynasty. Bro, I, I, bro, I'm telling you, the Rams. Look, his day. I don't like. Ram, I don't like Rams fans, and I don't like the Rams. But dog, they're still happy that they got that they got the Super Bowl. Yeah, they won't be there for a while, but still. Like with New York, y'all, when was the last Super Bowl that they had in any sport? When was the last championship that New York has had in any sport? That's fair. We know the Mets ain't They want it. something now. They don't care yeah. if it's two or three years. Just get it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, but you you know the Mets ain't going to bring them anything. Neither will the Knicks. Oh, God. Uh, no. <laughs> Yankees. I mean, Yankees are probably most recent, but even no. then, like it's. No. Yeah. They can't be Houston. They can't be Houston. They can't be Houston. They can't be Houston, man. They will get one before the Jets or the Giants, and that is my bold prediction. (laughs) Bruh, they can't be Houston. (laughs) They might. I'm sorry, uh, dog. They can't be the Yankees. Can't be Houston. No matter, literally, like no matter what they do or what year it is, they have not been able to beat Houston. But we ain't gonna get in. We not really gonna talk baseball heavy like that. Hey, th- this international classic's been fun. I believe it. it I've watched fun. a whole lot of it. It's been fun to watch the little bits and pieces I've seen, but it's it. it I mean, it's fun. It's 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 baseball. It's for everybody. It's 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 been enjoyable yep. to watch. It's been nice and refreshing. But that's a we're not going down that rabbit hole. Let's keep it with quarterbacks. Let's keep it with Lamar. Lamar has been the news that has. It's the gift that keeps on giving for people like you and me and all the other people making podcasts about sports and you know. First take and you know Shannon and Skip and all those guys. This is Lamar has been the gift that keeps on giving because for some reason they refuse to pay the man, and I don't know why. It's they refuse to pay the man. I I don't understand why they're taking it to this level. But honestly, so Lamar could be one of the first guys in thirty years because they the Ravens. I don't know if you know, but they gave him the um, non-exclusive franchise tag. Meaning that if he wants to, he can go to other teams. What's been the biggest issue is news cycle is what? The amount of money that he wants. That and the fact that the other teams aren't even willing to talk to him. That is true. And well, there's a I, lot of teams. I, I, here's the thing. I think, I think that's BS. I think they are going to talk to him on, on, on low key. I think they will, and I think they'd be stupid not to. I mean, there's so many teams that need a quarterback. There are maybe 10 teams right now in the NFL that have a franchise quarterback. Maybe. 
I mean, it's it, there's not that many. There's so much stuff that's up in the air right now with some of these quarterbacks that it, you would be stupid not to talk to Lamar and at least see yep. what you can do. And but, you can go ahead. Sorry. There's two. There's two. There's two sides to this. Let's go. Uh, I'm yeah. gonna go to outside. Then I'm gonna go Lamar situation first. All Let's right. go on the outside. Uh, you look at the teams that need a quarterback desperately. Uh, you got Atlanta. You got Carolina. You got. Uh, and I'm thinking about teams that are not that don't have high draft picks that can mm-hmm. like get one of the elite quarterbacks going into this draft. Atlanta, Minnesota. Carolina, Minnesota. Well, even, they're going they're going to ride with Kirk Cousins for like for whatever. for some reason. Yeah, uh, gonna, Jets. Um, Jets, but they're going to get Aaron Rodgers. They built everything out uh, like the setup to get Aaron Rodgers. So Commanders gonna, need one. Command Commanders, de- yeah, Commanders definitely need one. Um, think about it. Uh, Cardinals NFC need would, a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Rams, even though they said they're sticking with Stafford. Uh, actually, they, like they need a quarterback, but they, like you pay Kyler Murray all that money, like the yeah. owners do not like being wrong. They no, hate no, no. being wrong. They Jared Goff, like, so. the Lions need a quarterback because Goff. No, I, I, th- I, I, I'll give him another year. I'm, I'm, ah, okay. I, I, like he kind of convinced, he kind of convinced me, especially when you went into Lambeau and you and you prevented Aaron Rodgers from making the playoffs. I'm gonna give you a shot on that's that. That's fair. One. That's a that's a big moment. That's a big moment. Can you show up in big moments? Goff did that, so I'm gonna give him a shot. That's fair. Um, Titan, Titans need a quarterback. Buccaneers yes, need a quarterback. Yes, yeah. Titans definitely need a quarterback. Um, uh, 49ers do, but it's also no. Nah, they, they got three. That, uh, yeah, they got three on the roster. One on won't be ready to play until like mid, maybe mid season next year. Yeah. The other one, the fans are about tired of, and the, and the last one, he he's coming off an ankle injury, and nobody and nobody knows how good this dude is really gonna be. So there's that, and Lamar just that would make that would make the situation a little bit too too complicated than what it needs to be. Commanders need a quarterback, and yeah, here's the are, one that I think is going to surprise a lot of people. Don't you say it, Patriots? Oh, thank God! No, 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 no. Your Seahawks are fine. Seahawks are gonna and honestly. If there's a more perfect team for Anthony Richardson to go to, it's the Seahawks. That, and I was gonna bring that up, and I'm glad you mentioned that. But we're getting that to another time because Gino uh, actually. Gino has, we mentioned that around like late, late in the game. But uh, going with the Patriots, no. Lamar Jackson with Bill Belichick, no, no. <laughs> that could be fun though. No, that could be fun. Just no. But there's a lot of teams that need him. Um, that say they don't want to. That say they're not going to talk to him. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Be- I don't. Whole- I don't believe that. Um, but no. I look at the situation from the outside. It's mainly like you got to you got to outweigh the situation. Um, also a lot of the teams, they're, they're still angry with Cleveland and their ownership Yeah, on the Deshaun and Watson contract. They also, they also have, to, I would like to point out the fact that you and I, we forgot to mention the Raiders, but you and I also left out, like we talked about the teams that have a high draft pick, like your Colts, like your Texans, who both are going to take one of the top two quarterbacks available. The um, Panthers have a high draft pick, but they could always choose to, you know, it's not that high. So we they can use they can use this trade bait. Yeah, like the Ravens the, to get them. Yeah, like the top five picks don't have the, the top two quarterbacks going to the top five. No, no questions asked. At least, like, but that's that's why we did it that way. But no, you're right. I mean, there's it, everyone is furious with the guaranteed money with Deshaun's contract, and honestly, I think it's also and this is a good we'll we'll segue into this later. But it's it's the idea of like some of these quarterbacks getting paid this exorbitant amount of money, which is fine. Some of and these players earned it. it. Some of them have, some of them haven't. Yeah. And 
for people who haven't earned it, in my opinion, Daniel Jones. Yep. Daniel Jones. But, well, before we get into that, yeah, it, we'll, we'll get into I, that. I forgot to mention the Lamar, like the Lamar side of it. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson not having an actual agent is hurting him. Yes. Scratch that. It's hurt him. Yeah. It's his hurting him. Right? And it hurted him. Is his mom's agent? Yeah. Which I look. You do not, you must separate personal from business. You never work with your family. Ever. You never unless work with your you know they're good for the job, and unless you're the type of person that can separate business and profet- unlike and they can separate professional and personal, you and must you. be able to do it. The safest option is to choose business and don't get personal. Yeah, and, and a lot of people can't do that. No, this has become right. a lot personal because you're getting into the business negotiation portion of things. And you can't do and you can't do that when it comes to negotiating on contracts because they're <coughs> hold they're gonna say some things that you're gonna find offensive, which really ain't that heavy offensive when it comes to money because you might think yourself is wor- worth that much, but they don't see that because the uh, uh, they don't see that maybe because of reasons as far as like how you play, mm-hmm. how many games you play. Um, the offer of money that they're willing to pay you based off of what you've done. And so that's why it's always safe to have a legit uh, legit sports agent that's been there and done that before that knows how to talk yeah, and knows how to negotiate. So not having an agent, a legit certified agent, has hurt Lamar Jackson a lot during this process. Or else you end up like Russell Okung. You remember him, the old Broncos lineman? I remember. So do you remember his contract when he fired his agent? Yeah, because he, he used to be a Seahawk. It was Okung. five It was five years, uh, $60 million. Not a cent of it was guaranteed. Which means that counts for nothing against the cap, and I can cut you tomorrow and not Don't forget about Dennis Schroeder's agent. That's true, too. It's all these. It, there's a reason why agents, you know, love them or hate them, there's a reason why the agents have a role and they're good at this. There's some contract talks that I could see where it wouldn't make any sense to me. Like I've read professional sports contracts. There's a lot of them that don't really click with me, which is why if I were ever in this position, I would hire someone who knows what they're doing. Yep. Give me the sleaziest agent possible because i know he's gonna be milk them for every penny whether you have. like them whether you like them as a person or not if you know they're gonna do their job that's the bottom line because Rosenhaus. that's the point is to yeah. get the bottom line you remember drew rosenhouse that old agent he's got like a hundred or something clients everything like he's, yeah and one of the worst agents that i know is, Fre- is freddie freeman's old uh, freddie freeman's old kind of like old agent yeah i'm st- i still have forgiven him to this day that's that's a, I don't think Freddie has either. But I mean, like we talked about contracts, and there's a lot. Of, so right now, Lamar's under the franchise tag, and there's a yep. lot of players who hate. He hasn't signed. I don't think he. Tag. I don't think he signed it yet. No, I wouldn't either. But there's a lot of people who hate playing under the franchise tag, and it's because it's a one year prove it deal, basically, which in some cases is fine. But you know, if you're the franchise quarterback, which Lamar is, and you have, you know, God forbid, an ACL injury, you know, you blow out your knee, they can pay you nothing next year so for like these high profile positions like quarterback running back offensive line wide receiver a lot of these guys don't like playing under the tag because it's not security when you know to go back to the pat mcafee show when he got franchise tags as a punter he's like this is a guaranteed you know millions dollars or 
It's like 1.8 million or something for the year. He goes, yeah, sign it right now. Let's do it. I don't care. Cause you're not going to, you're probably not going to get hurt as bad as an offensive lineman or somebody who can get hit in the knee, you know, consistently or, you know, get their angles taken off. Remember is going to get, you, you know, hurt. still don't want to take that risk, but a lot no. of owners are not quick to go ahead and pay and pay a lot of guys. No, cause it's a business at the end of the day, but I understand why the players don't want to play under it. And I think yep. someone who's really upset right now is Saquon Barkley. Who has yeah. had? Which, what would you do in this situation? Would you have given Saquon, Sign Saquon and tag Daniel Jones? Absolutely, absolutely. But I get the concept of it. Quarterback always gets taken care of before running back. Doesn't matter how good the back is or who the back is. And I, the vi- I get and that. I, dog, how many times have I stated the value of a running back has like dissipated over the years? One hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more. Because like everybody thinks like uh, like. This might be factual or over-exaggeration, but might be close to factual. Mm-hmm. A running back might be the easiest thing to replace on an NFL team. Yeah, that's fair. I think it's fair. It's it's hard to replace a kicker. It's hard to replace a punter. It's hard to replace a defensive player. It's hard to replace a really good – it's hard to replace a really good kicker. Yeah, absolutely, because it takes a different mentality. Kickers, to me, are like relief pitchers or closers in the in baseball. Yes. It, if you don't have that cold, like just ice cold mentality and the ability to like, because as a relief pitcher, you can, or as a closer, you can be in back to back nights. And if you blow last night's game and you're going into the game tonight, you can't think about last night's game. Also, also a kicker lasts longer age. Absolutely. Like than than in, than almost any other position. Think about Absolutely. Adam Vinatieri. You think about like uh Robbie Steven Gostowski before he left the Patriots. Who who's old buddy? Just, who's old buddy just, up in Green Bay right now? Uh, Mason Crosby. Yeah, Crosby's been there forever. Yup. <laughs> you think uh, like you think about guys? You think about guys like that, and they make really and they make really good money. Yeah. Um. Also, you look at. I'm thinking about that, uh, but you also we're talking about the Ravens. I mean, I, I think this would be a different conversation if this was Justin Tucker. Yeah, that's fair. But um, going back with going back with the going back with the Giants, um, they paid him though, didn't they? Yeah, they been paid him. Um, going yeah, he's back making, with the Giants. He's Daniel making six million a year. Daniel Jones got the contract extension. You put Saquon mm-hmm. on the tag. I get the point of the tag with a running back. We get that concept because on the value of a running back, that is now you do not want to overpay for a running back. But when your quarterback is Daniel Jones and I get it, quarterbacks just don't grow on trees, especially elite ones. Daniel Mm -hmm. Jones is not elite quarterback. And how much is that contract worth again? Uh, I'd have to check, but he's making good money now. I mean, the biggest thing for me, and we will always call him, uh, we will call him Daniel Jones or Danny Jones until he earns his nickname because Jalen, you and I have the mindset where nickname is. He ain't no dime. The dude only had 15. He only had 15 passing yards, passing touchdowns. Russell had more than him, and he he's had a, a bad year. He's Danny Trips because he trips over his own two feet when he's scrambling. Like it's it, So what it is, it's four years, $160 million. Doc, but here's, here's my thing. So you give him the money, and – 
again, he's not like he's not like that, but you still give him the money. And I think that's a problem because like has he really earned it? Last year was his best season and he only threw and he only threw 15 touchdown passes. Mind mm-hmm. you, they have been a running team, and Brian Dayball has done a terrific job taking the ball out of his hand as quickly as possible and making sure that he cut down his mistakes. That's a great job on Brian Dayball's part. That's a really good job by Saquon's part. Yeah. But going in next year, you got a whole offense to see. You got to have a whole offseason scheming against what the Giants love to do. Once you take that away, you got to make Daniel Jones throw like the Eagles did, and you're not able to. Guess what? You got to deal with that. Exactly. Now, you want to go weapons? No, they had Kadarius Tony, and then they traded him. And then I get they didn't have a whole lot of weapons. All right, all right, fine. If the Giants do, did what the Buffalo Bills did mm-hmm. and get them some weapons or do or like did what uh, Philly did for Jalen Hurts, you get them weapons. All right, cool. Guess what? Pressure's on Daniel Jones. He got to show up. You get some good weapons around him. Let's see what he can do. Let's see if the money's worth it. Can you afford to get those weapons? That is the real question. No, they'd have to draft said weapons, which is, is a deep draft for receiver to a degree. Um, but for me, I would want somebody who knows what they're doing. And if you look at all, you know, the top wide receivers, I would say the top, you know, four wide receivers in the class this year, Jacoby Myers, DJ Chark, Robert Woods, Alan Oh, you're Lazard. talking about free agency. Yeah, free agents. Alan Lazard and maybe Richie James. And those last two were interchangeable. This free agency class for wide receiver is bleak. If you're banking on finding your dude in free agency this year, your next veteran presence in the locker room for a wide receiver, this ain't the year. No, no, they don't need to get veterans. They need to get receivers that got talent. They ain't got no receivers that ain't got no talent. Yeah, they're going to draft receiver Uh, heavy this year. If I got got, got to, if I'm the Giants, you got to get a guy that is a that like get that can get separation. Yeah, absolutely. You need a guy. Uh, the best guy. The best guy might be Jordan Addison or JJ or like Jackson Smith and Jigba. You got to get one of those guys. Or in the, and if you don't want to get that, then you could just get um a big body that can go up and get it in Quentin Johnston. Yeah, but I mean those are going to be your top three receivers this year. This is a yeah. deep receiver class. I mean, it, it's it's, a, it, it's not going to be talked about heavy like that because there's not a whole lot of stars outside of that. I mean, you got some big names, but nothing really to brag home about it's not like last year what i mean by deep is there's less of a degree of separation between the top three and you know the middle of the pack yeah like really you could black like really you could take either one of them guys and you can't go wrong yeah same thing with the defensive backs this year i mean there's some really good defensive backs but even the mid-tier guys are solid players linebackers are the same way d line is pretty consistent i feel like the biggest weak spot of this class outside of the top two are is quarterback yeah. It's which that, that's we we could be here all day picking apart this class, but we won't know what happens until we get two, three years into this thing. Now, you mentioned or we talked about veteran receivers. One thing I want to get into now, and I, I tweeted this out and I promised it was coming. Calvin Ridley is a free man. <laughs> he is in Jacksonville. He's with the team. He's starting to work out and things are looking good, man. And I don't know if I, I know we talked about this a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you read the entire Players Tribune letter, and I don't know if any of our listeners did, um, which 
funny enough, we've been gaining some listeners, some decent listeners in the United States. I'm going to shout out all our people in Florida. I want to shout out our people in Georgia. I want to shout out our people in Kentucky because y'all are there. I want to shout out our boys in Pennsylvania and uh, Alabama and California and New York. Those are kind of our top states. And then the 10 of you in Idaho, I appreciate you. (laughs) We appreciate all y'all, man. But it's for for all of our listeners, basically, for those who don't know, Calvin Ridley actually wrote a letter to the Players Tribune. And I I retweeted with our account today. um, A guy on YouTube did a great job with this. Uh, His name is Flimlo Raps on YouTube. He does these great deep dives into players and stuff like that. Uh, Troubled and non-troubled players. And he basically really broke down Calvin Ridley's letter. And he was talking about how basically his rookie year, he played with bone spurs, which is ridiculously painful. And he did it, I think, for the first one to two years of his career. And then he was finally healthy. Julio was hurt. It was time for Calvin to step up. This was 20. Yeah, in 2020, it was his best year. So in 2020, he actually had a broken foot. He went for 1374 with a broken foot. And there's actually basically when he broke his foot, I, I don't know, it was a, some Falcons fan probably remember him walking off the field. He went up to Julio and said, like, they're like, oh, you know, maybe it's, you know, the bone spurs. He goes, no, this is different. Like, my, my foot's broken. The doctors and the medical staff apparently told him that his foot was not broken and it was just bone issues. It was a bone bruise and they gave him a Torbidol uh, every day, which is a painkiller that has great short-term effects, horrible long-term effects. In the short term, it's, you know, you basically go numb wherever the pain is, but it all comes back later on. So he was on Torbidol his entire 2020 season. So you have that weighing on you. You have the anxiety being the next big guy. You're supposed to be this, you know, top dude, top receiver in the league. It's time to finally prove yourself. And so there's all this immense pressure. And during that season, his house actually got broken into. Uh, while he, while him and his family were at the game, his house got broken into. It was armed robbers and everything, and it caused a lot of mental, you know, anguish on the guy. Which I mean, Jalen, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that would be the same way for any of us. You know, if you've got somebody, somebody breaks into your house when you're at home, you see him on camera, you know, with loaded weapons, like you'd be a little messed up too. Yeah. So his wife was stressed out. He's got a daughter. You know, he's all upset, which I mean is you know fair. And it was just getting too much. He started dealing with anxiety, started dealing with depression, a couple other things. And he just wasn't, you know, really loving what he was doing anymore. And he took some time away from the game to get his mental health right, which I don't know about you, but I fully understand and respect that. Not going to knock down one bit. No, you got to get your mind right. I mean, mind's important. It's it's nice to see that people in the, in the league and across all leagues are starting to talk about mental health more, but it's something that I don't feel like it's talked about enough. But he... Took some time off, and then uh, he the gambling thing is what everybody's talking about. He basically opened up uh, one of those online betting things, put fifteen hundred bucks in it, and did a bunch of NBA games, and then did a bunch of crazy parlays to just put the whole money in there. And he ended up betting on a Falcons game as one of the legs. Yeah, that was the first mistake. That was a mistake, and he's come out and said it. He goes, "I regret it." You know, it was a huge mistake. I don't know why I did it. It was stupid, but like. They basically banned him because it looked like he was fixing games. Yeah. Which he wasn't playing. <laughs> he was he didn't bet on his stat line or anything. It was dumb. The ban was stupid, but he also admits that it was stupid what he did. Um 
And he's vowed to kind of come out and say like, Hey, like this is not going to be what I'm remembered for. So for me and all the other Jaguars fans we're excited because you've got a guy who's hungry. You get a guy who is basically had a year or two years to rest his body and just, you know, stay in shape, work on his craft coming into an already decent wide receiver room with a decent offense, with a good offensive line, a head coach and a defense that's building, which we've been already making some moves to restructure. Shaq Griffin's gone, which we all expected. Um, they've restructured a to free up some money. I mean, things are going in the right direction for my Jags, man. I'm excited, but thankfully Calvin Ridley's a free man. Welcome to Jacksonville, man. We're, I'm, I'm sure you're listening. <laughs> We're happy to have you, man. But that's my, uh, my Calvin Ridley kind of football dive. Uh, thank y'all for staying with me on that one. Now let's go in a full pivot. Cause it's almost time for March madness, Jalen. And there has been some coaching carousel news due to the end of the or due to the ending of the college football season for a lot of teams. First of all, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Jim Beheim up at Syracuse, guy who has been coaching forever. Correct me if I'm wrong, but at the time he was the longest uh, active coach wins leader for the NCAA for a long time. But now that he's retired, you know, it's somebody else. I think it's a West Virginia coach. But Bayheim was an incredible coach at Syracuse. What do you feel about that job, man? Do you think that's like a, a top 10 job for somebody next year? Or do you think it's more of like an on-the-outs thing? Syracuse is very tricky. I mean, you think about where you are in New York. Um, you're in a good place. You have a good history, a good fortune um, with Syracuse, New York, and, that, and like the history of that program. So I think it's a good job. Uh, you're in the ACC. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as pretty much dominant as it used to be by Duke or anything like that. I mean, Virginia's taking over. Miami has uh, been on a hot streak. UNC ain't it right now. I'll tell you that UNC, much. UNC, yeah, like yeah, they lost today. I believe they lost today against Virginia. Yep. Um, so they might even like make the not, tournament. Yeah, they looks like that. Looks like they're not gonna make the tournament. So got to consider that. So I think it's a good job right now. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Another good job. I mean, look at uh, Georgetown because Patrick Ewing just got fired, which is words I never thought I'd say in my entire life of Patrick Ewing getting fired. <laughs> but Patrick Ewing's on the outs of Georgetown. I mean, did you kind of see that one coming or was that more of a surprise? I, I think that was a long time coming with Patrick Ewing. Uh, mm-hmm. You look at the history of of Georgetown and what has been – the last few seasons, not much historically, but what it's been the last few times, like during the tenure of Patrick Ewing. It, it, look, this is a tough business, but if you're not winning, then you you got then you got to go. That's how the game works. That's how the game goes. And when you're not producing, not getting the wins that you're supposed to get. Yeah, I mean, right? there's only so t- much that like there's only so much that that can be tolerated. And yes, he's been a good good person. Um, good man, good teacher for the for the program and for the university. But if you're not winning, you got to go. And I mean, you and I, especially you, are close to a potential another situation like that that we talked about before we came on the air with this one. Um, Georgia Southern's coach is not a part of the team anymore, is he? Bill O'Brien, uh, not Bill O'Brien. Oh God, <laughs> uh, Brian Berg. Uh, Spent three seasons, I believe it was either three or four, 
got three mm-hmm. seasons uh, at Georgia Southern, signed a three-year deal when he first arrived there in 2020. Um, Georgia Southern hired him right after uh, former coach Mark Byington uh, decided to go home and sign with JMU, James Madison University. He took the – like, basically, Bird came in. Mind you, he was an assistant coach when Texas Tech went to the national championship in the Final Four of uh, the 2019 season. So he came off fresh. This was his first head coaching job at Division One. At Division One, he's been to a lot of places. He's been to Campbell. He's been uh been an assistant coach at Texas Tech. So this was his first like legit job. And I'm a I'm a guy that gives a lot of gives a lot of chances with coaches. My usual standards, my usual procedure. It's always like you get three or four seasons to show what you can do. The first yeah. year is always going to be to set the culture. You're going to struggle. Not uh, on like don't have the high expectations. Say like, oh, we're going to win a championship the first year. Go ahead and kill that. You're setting the culture, trying to get the standard. Hopefully, you'll be good enough to recruit. See what you can do on that part. The next year, you got to see a lot of improvement. The it's an improvement year. It's where you're going to continue improving in recruiting, improve or, or, or like improve in attendance, improve in wins, improve in play. And he did a little bit. He did a little bit of that in 2021, but nothing like took off like that. And then next year, you gotta show. You gotta show. You gotta show up. You gotta yeah. win games. You have to win games. You ain't gotta necessarily win a championship, but you gotta win. You gotta win games heavy like that. If and you're not it, showing progress it, it, after it, three years, you're out. Yeah, and yeah. If you're not showing progress, if you have not gotten better at getting wins, then you're on the hot seat. And the thing with, with during this tenure, offense has been atrocious. Been one of the least, been one of the lowest scoring offenses in the Sun Belt since he's arrived, Mike Phil. Um, you can't have that, like because you think about where George Southern has been when it came to when it, when it's come to offense, and I get defense wins championships, but offense can win and sell games. And right. mind you, Statesboro, there's not much there, and it's hard to even pack out like Paulson Stadium, let alone Hanner Fieldhouse, which is not that hard to do when it comes to certain events. But with basketball, um, when, and I get it that you're at, you're at a university that doesn't really that's not really fond of basketball a whole lot. They they're Georgia Southern's known for it's a football school, football and baseball. Yeah, because that's where the money is um, money's gone the last few years. With basketball, it, it like even when we were winning during Coach Bar- Coach Bynes' era, era, and you had one of the greatest greatest players in uh, Georgia Southern history there, and Tukey Brown. Yes, sir. You still did not sell out or even show uh, like a whole lot of attention towards the program, and it should, especially during the years when basketball was it and football was not. So yeah. when you take that to an account, you're going into that situation, and I'm going to defend uh, Brian Burke for a bit. He did the best that he could, especially when you came in when the season, when the whole basketball season was in jeopardy because of COVID. He came and did the best he could, recruited the best way he could, got transfers in. But immediately I knew and I had my sources tell me that he just wasn't he just wasn't it. He was a defensive minded head coach. And that there's nothing wrong with that. But you got to be able to produce on offense. You got to be able to score. You got to be able to like put a scheme together, recruit or recruit the guys that can like that can get buckets, and be able to scheme 
scheme with the guys that you got to go on like scheme your way to get buckets as well. Didn't do that. He didn't do that yeah. on like like the best of his ability. And it, it, you saw it for three straight years. You you knew what he was, so didn't necessarily get fired. But what was we wasn't going to bring that back. And the uh, like um, uh, Jared Benko, the uh, uh, the AD, uh, he's been doing a good job with hires the last few. I mean, he was able to bring in Clay Hilton. And you saw how that's been transpiring lately. You've been able to keep uh, Rodney Hennon uh, at George Southern. You just signed. You just uh, hired a new. I think I think uh, new ho- a softball coach about a couple of, about a couple of like years ago, and softball's getting better. Not there yet, but it's getting better. So you see, just like the job that Benko's been doing, and I, I'm I'm starting to trust him. But compared to Tom Kleinline, it's it's been it's been a really good upgrade because like the program and the whole athletic department has been improving so much since uh, Tom Kleinline left, and so but it, it had to happen. Um, you're not winning. You haven't shown a whole lot of improvement and not to mention if we're going to get into the business aspect of things, sales have been down. Yeah. Ticket sales have been down. So no, I mean, I, I worked. Yeah, that's it, right. I mean, I worked for marketing at TK too, but it's also like, yeah, Benko's been doing good work. I, I respect what he's been doing. You're bringing in good guys and I'm excited to see where this goes from here. So but, yeah. Um, look, it, I've gotten known him for over the years. Good dude. Good dude. Hope on like hope for nothing but the best, but he, you had to go. Next yeah. time. Well, let's hop off of a super regionally focused uh, news. <laughs> Before we get too far into that, uh, you mentioned Texas Tech. And the one of the coaching thing I want to talk about is the Texas Tech men's coach resigning. Yeah. Step Which down. seems like after hearing what it was about was, was necessary. He resigned after making some pretty horrible comments towards a player. Can't do that in these days. No, and it's with that too. I mean, it's I don't want to get too into it, but I mean, it, yes, they are kids, but you also have to treat them with respect, and you got to treat them like men, and you have to coach them and treat them as people and players. So, and the people who aren't doing that aren't going to last very long, whether they step down or get fired or resign. I mean, if you're not coaching these people and being, we talked about it a hundred times, and we'll say it a hundred more. A head coach, no matter what the sport, needs to not be, you know. You can be defensive minded or, you know, an offensive minded coach or, you know, great specialist or a great recruiter. But if you're not a leader of men or a leader of women as a head coach, you ain't going to be there very long. That's just how it is. And that's at every level of this game. But let's move on from coaching. Let's get into it briefly because we are a few days away from Selection Sunday as recording this. It's March, man. (laughs) It's March Madness time. I'm excited. Hey, I'm, exci- I'm excited. It's Mar- It's tournament time. It's tournament time. It's, bra- it's tournament season. It is bracket season. It is Shamrock mm-hmm. Shake season. Shout out to McDonald's. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's March Madness time, man. So what we'll do, we'll definitely do a bracket um, for sure. And we'll set up a March I'm, Madness I'm bracket. I'm already scheduled to be making eight. Yeah, we'll set. I'll set one up for us. So we'll set up a bracket. Um, I already know Brent and Dave are going to be a part of it. We'll put it out to everybody. Everybody can join. This is just for bragging rights. There's no money involved. That's it gets it's too complicated. I don't never do it for no money. I'm not dealing um, with that either. Um, let me ask you this: We do this bracket. Are we doing like ESPN tournament challenge, or we're going to do like the app that like what the March Madness live app? I think we'll do March Madness. Yeah, I like. I, I think we'll I do like March the, Madness. I like the, yeah, I like their system on there. Yeah, I think we'll do March Madness. 
Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's pretty much it. March Madness is coming up, man. I'm excited. I'm excited for the Cinderella stories. I'm excited for the upsets. I'm hoping, the, my, I'm, I'm hoping my tie can be able to like o- overcome, you know, the off the court issues and mm-hmm. get back to getting hot and looking like one of the most dominant teams in college basketball. But the world's against us, but we're used to that. We're Alabama. Yeah, fair enough. Do you got anything else you want to get into, man? We're running about 50 minutes right now. All right. Yeah, I got to go work out. Hey, you're good. So here's what we'll do. You know, we'll end the show as we always do. Uh, thank you all for listening. I want to give a couple shout outs to Austin over the Wrestling World Podcast. Exciting to work with you, man. Our buddy Jim over at Fan of the Van, as always. Glad you're back in podcasting again, man. Hope you're, you know, glad you took the break. You know, glad you're, you know, back in a good spot. I want to shout out to Brent and Dave once again over 1420. Love those guys. We had an absolute blast recording with them. Uh, they did a two-part episode for our thing, so definitely check that out. Um, as well as ours, we recorded for almost four hours, and only three of them are getting put up. That was fun. Um, want to give a shout out to the guys over at the BS and Sports Podcast, the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast, Aaron and JD. Looking forward to collabing with you guys soon, too. Nate's Daily Wager, uh, our boy over at Chill Takes. It's been fun going back and forth with him on Twitter. Uh, Level the Playing Field with Dave and John, and I want to give a shout out to the Thing About Us podcast as well. So those are our shout outs. If you want to get a shout out, here's what you do. Rate us five stars, retweet our tweets, you know, like everything, you know, retweet about the show, get the show out there, basically self promote it. You know, hey, disagree not, with us, call us out. We don't care. Yeah, Anybody we don't care. That you can think of. And speaking of that, that's a great way to do it. If you like the show, let us know, rate it five stars and leave a comment. It could be an agreement it is, or disagreement. You could tell us, you know, who's going to be like the biggest show, upset of March Madness. If you don't like the show, tell us, let us know. Tell us, don't, don't, don't review it. If you hate us, like if you want to troll us, go ahead and do so. Yeah, I'm good with that. If you didn't like the show, though, don't, don't review us. Just talk to us on Twitter or something like that. That's a lot easier that way. If you loved it, tell everyone you know. If you hated it, give us some crap on Twitter and we'll move our separate ways. And we appreciate the time, but you're not getting this hour of your life back. So that's it. As always, thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate you and we'll see you next time. Peace.